and welcome to the Qubit Guide podcast brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is David von Dahlen, lead data scientist at Volkswagen of America. David describes Volkswagen's experience with quantum computing. He reveals lessons learned over a period of five years during which Volkswagen prototyped, tested, and deployed several quantum solutions. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at classic.io. Hello, David. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, how's it going, Val? Uh, glad to be here. So who are you and what do you do? My name is David Von Dolan, um, and I've been with the Volkswagen Group uh, for the past six years. Um, I was a founding member of the Volkswagen Group quantum computing team that is based out of the data lab in Munich, Germany. And I also work for Volkswagen Group of America um, as part of their AI team, uh, working on research and applications in AI and high-performance computing. That's great. So Volkswagen, I think, is one of the great test cases for using quantum computing in an industrial way. Tell me about the project. I mean, how, when did it get started? Why did it get started? How was it started in the organization? I'm really curious. Anything you can tell me would be great. Sure. Um, so uh, back in uh, 2016, um, I was working out of the Volkswagen Code office uh, based in San Francisco. And my colleague, um, Florian Norcart, uh, came over from uh, Germany to to work in the U.S. for a while and work on innovation topics. And uh, as the code office was uh, an innovation office, we were tasked with researching new um, technologies and applications in regards to the value chain for Volkswagen and the mobility space. Um, uh, we decided to um, choose quantum computing as a area, a topic area to in investigate into. Um, as we kind of found that the technology was emerging um, and that it had, you know, in reviewing the history of the literature, um, it had some enormous potential to unlock value uh, in the mobility space, uh, as well as the, you know, logistics and uh, materials and um, materials design and optimization. Um, and so that kicked off a whole uh, effort into, uh, you know, the diverse uh, kind of set of research that our team is undertaking. Um, but the first project that we work on what worked on was um, traffic flow optimization uh, with a quantum annealer, essentially where we uh, looked at taxi routes uh, over the city of Beijing and wanted to find a global configuration of routes for taxis that um, lowered the overall energy or flow uh, or optimized the flow, maximized the flow through the road network. Um, and so that project kicked off kind of the quantum computing effort uh, for Volkswagen. Um, and since then, uh, in 2019, we uh, launched our first 
production application leveraging you know the work that was done for that project uh, for optimization of bus routes uh, for the web summit um, in Lisbon um, optimizing um, routes chosen by buses from the airport into the downtown area um, and yeah and uh, the team continues to investigate um, different topic areas such as uh, quantum machine learning um, uh, our team co-authored a paper with Google um, in 2020 on the TensorFlow quantum library um, and we collaborated with them on that effort um, and we are also looking into materials design and optimization as I mentioned um, as well as other optimization applications. And I think there was also the paint shop uh, project. Yep. yep. So recently we, uh, our team first investigated a binary uh, paint shop encoding, leveraging uh, QOA on Cape model computers. Um, and we um, generalized that to multi-car uh, optimization for the paint shop. Um, using a quantum annealer. Um, and so that that's another application that is uh, currently being pushed into production. It's fascinating that you say that you started in 2016. What was the impetus? Was it, uh, was it top down or bottom up? Was it the CIO saying, oh, we should really look at quantum and hey, uh, Florian or, or, or this person or that person look into that? Or did it come from an engineer or a researcher that tried to push it up the chain? Uh, I think it was a, a combination of both. We were lucky to have some uh, invest, you know, investment uh, from top management in, in regards to, um, you know, uh, Martin Hoffman was global CIO at the time and Abdallah Shanti, who is a CIO for Volkswagen Group, um, you know, they, they put a lot of time and, and effort into allowing us uh, the bandwidth to look into new technologies and, and investigate innovation um, to bring value back to the group. So there was some support there. Um, I think a lot of it was also kind of self-driven from the bottom up. You know, it was up to us to kind of find um, the direction and, and prove out the value and... Um, you know, figure out how can we apply these new technologies in ways that um, uh, are new, novel, and bring value to the company. If you could do everything again, what would you do differently? When what were the things you did right? What were you, the things you did wrong? And specifically, if I may generalize it, for people who are listening to us and are um, a little less advanced than Volkswagen is, what do you think they should pay attention to as they try to roll quantum into their enterprise? That's a great question. So I think um, along with other technologies such as AI, uh, you know, one of the main challenges is figuring out the, how the business problem can translate down to a technical level. Um, and I think we were lucky in, in the sense that we had uh, backing by, you know, top managers um, within the company um, 
And I think, you know, for in order for these projects to be successful, you know, there has to be a real synergy between business and, you know, IT teams to really understand the business problem that's being solved. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, it, the problem is going to determine whether or not a, a quantum computer is applicable, as well as uh, the value that you can create um, with the quantum computer. So um, I would I would say that is one of the main challenges that I think, um, you know, you, you can build up this incredible competency in quantum computing. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to make, you know, create those uh, horizontal relationships with business and put that in the hands of a business user or put that into production to be able to translate value. And I think um, if companies can figure out how to support that uh, collaboration and prioritize that, then there'll be a couple steps ahead in the game. So just returning to the paint shop project, but we can take any other project. Uh, were you able to communicate with the uh, supervisor of the paint shop and say, please explain to us what your problems are and what would constitute success? And yes. were the paint shop people involved in the daily or weekly progression of the project? Or was it, here's the problem and we'll come back in six months and show you a solution? So, um, you know, we're lucky in that Volkswagen is a very large company with very uh, a lot of different components across its value chain. And so there's a lot of different opportunities to uh, optimize and, you know, apply this new technology. So uh, we, were, we were lucky to be able to iterate um, with, our, with our partners, you know, in the, in the paint shop. Uh, to really, you know, like, as you said, define those success criteria, um, refine the problem, uh, refine the business requirements, and, um, and iterate quickly to get to our solution. Um, does that answer your question? It does. I mean, okay. so, so they were involved not just in kicking off the project, but during the project itself, I understand. Yeah. I mean, in general... We, we apply an agile methodology, you know, where we set up, um, you know, requirements or tests or hypotheses uh, ahead of time that we want to investigate. Um, and then using, uh, you know, an agile sprint cycle iterative loop, we can construct, you know, feedback with the business to say, okay, hey, in the last sprint cycle, we, we had this finding, you know, we were able to um, optim, you know, sample solutions, uh, in this energy spectrum using the quantum annealer, for example, and assess whether or not that meets our sprint goal or our success criteria. And then the future sprint, we, you know, uh, continue to iterate and refine that result. Let's talk about the composition of the ideal quantum team. And again, looking at companies who are perhaps building this and, and just want to learn from your experiences. I would guess that there needs to be people who understand quantum, maybe physicists, um, probably computer science people. I, I believe you have a PhD in computer science. You spoke about at least someone that can translate the business problem or understands the business problem. 
what else, if anything, is missing from a really good quantum team for an enterprise? Um, so what's interesting is that we have so many different emerging hardware technologies right now in the quantum space. And as well, you know, we're in the NISC era. Um, so, you know, for example, if we're looking at quantum annealers, uh, you know, actually you can frame on a high level, you can frame uh, an optimization problem as a cubo or an icing model, but then you can also optimize parameters on the chip, um, such as the chain strength or the, you know, couplings. Um, and, and, you know, so I think that having an understanding of on the hardware level is good. So, you know, you want to have somebody who has an understanding of all the hardware technologies and can understand the strengths and limitations. Um, you know, for example, uh, different type types of QPUs and the embeddings of gate model, how, how long are the coherence times? Um, what's the, you know, maximum uh, qubit values that we can use? Uh, those types of things that will allow the team to kind of understand um, the strengths and weaknesses of different hardware. I think having software engineers or uh, on the team are always a good, um, you know, fit because as you're developing solutions, you may need to develop a UI or figure out how to push uh, the quantum service into production and. How does that look in regards to security or authentication and things like that? Um, in regards to research, um, the way we kind of have it set up now is we have experts within different areas. So we have people who are focusing on optimization, quantum machine learning, and there's overlap between all the spaces. But other other people are looking at um, you know quantum chemistry and material simulation. So I think depending on your your problem area that you want to focus on you know, building up experts in those areas, as well as, you know, some generalists um, that you can train up and uh, can can grow within the team. Um, and then, yeah, so I think, you know, if you can develop that as well as a maybe a business facing role, a business analyst or a team lead that can help the business understand how to um, augment their process and derive value with the technology is, is uh, you know, I, I could see all those roles being uh, a really strong team. Once you had the prototype working, once you had data and you could show the internal customer in this case, hey, this is working, this is great, it's it can save you time. Was it difficult to move it into production? Were there issues of... Uh, uptime or connectivity to existing enterprise systems? Was it more difficult or was it easier than you initially envisioned that it would be to move it from experimentation and prototyping into production? I, I do think that's a central challenge. Um, and, you know, one that we're still trying to tra tackle in other spaces such as AI, um, you know, how do we get a team that's primar primarily focused on research and development to push something into production. Um, should that team own those production deployments? Should there be another team, right? Like those are still kind of open questions. I think organizations can answer on an individual basis, but um, you know, in regards to like, I'll point to the Lisbon 2019 
um, shuttle example. Um, that so we originally Im implemented a prototype, um, and then we put we ended up pushing um, using uh, you know a D Wave API uh, service that we would call um, you know routinely every twelve seconds to optimize the routes. And there was while we were up, I uh, I don't think we had any uh, service interruptions or downtime. But, you know, I think if you're going to put stuff in production, having a good testing strategy um, in place and, you know, figuring out all the architecture considerations and, and you know, things like authentication are, are definitely um, good things to have in place. What can the industry do? I mean, you're in Volkswagen, you're using certain quantum computers, but if you look at the broader ecosystem, what can we do? to make your life easier and companies like Volkswagen to make their lives easier to move into quantum? Um, so I think there's a couple things. The first thing I think that I'm seeing is, you know, since we have so many different hardware uh, platforms at the moment, having, you know, developing a good middleware that can um, allow a researcher or, um, engineer the ability to test, uh, design, test, uh, and evaluate, um, different algorithms is, uh, quickly while switching out backends is, is a really, uh, I could see that as a really powerful solution. Um, the other thing I think comes in the form of, and I think this might've been touched on in other podcasts, but in the form of training, um, I think, you know, as we've gone through the last five years, it's gotten easier and easier for people to get into quantum computing. Um, and to, there's been more and more research resources available for people to learn more about, you know, the canonical algorithms, how to, how to compose, you know, circuits from gates. Um, what are the strengths and limitations currently with the hardware? Um, so I think, you know, giving people more of a chance to get trained up um, is another area of growth that I could see. Um, and I think those are the two things that, uh, as well as, you know, helping businesses realize how to extract value uh, with quantum computers, um, you know, those, I could see those points as all being, you know, beneficial and helpful. And as we get closer to the end of our discussion today, I was interested in your predictions for next year. What do you think is going to happen in the quantum world that you're potentially excited about? Um, that's a really great question. Um, so I think in 2022, we're going to continue to see, um, you know, innovations in regards to quantum machine learning and people um, answering kind of the big questions around, you know, what's the representational capability of a quantum neural network, for example, or um, we're going to see new, you know, applications um, of quantum computing to uh, to business uh, across different business domains, um, you know, whether it's combinatorial optimization or or you know, materials discovery and um, you know, design. 
I think we're going to continue to see new hardware uh, and software platforms emerge. And, um, you know, I know at the danger, you know, <laughs> I know we're kind of entering a, a peak of a hype cycle. So, uh, you know, while I fear, you know, the drop, um, I think that, you know, I'm optimistic in the, that in the short to medium term, um, that we will be able to find use cases and value from quantum inspired uh, solutions or, or quantum enhanced solutions um, while we get to a point where we have, you know, where we get beyond the NISC era and have millions of fault tolerant qubits and uh, can do things, uh, you know, with, with that level of quantum computation. Um, but to me, if you find a quantum inspired algorithm that um, performs better than classical, that, that increases value for your company. I mean, to me, that seems to be a win. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that as we move through this hype cycle, we create lasting things that we can learn from and uh, technological uh, improvements um, and bring up a generation of scientists that will eventually, you know, contribute to solutions um, that we, we may not even know exist today. Absolutely. David, how can people get in touch with you to learn more about your work? Um, well, uh, I could give out my, my work email, <laughs> which would be david.vondolen at audi.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Yuval. It's been a pleasure.